just want to, um, this morning, continue on the theme that I started off last week. Um, if you weren't here last Sunday, I spoke about how we're called to, to be different, how we're called to do things differently, and we're called to have a different spirit. I spoke about how in Numbers 14, uh, there's the story about the 12 spies who went into the promised land, and it talks about how 10 of those spies doubted God, and they stopped short of entering in and possessing all that God really had for them. But Caleb and Joshua, these two other spies, they, they passionately followed God. They passionately believed that God would do what he said he would do. And so they were able to enter into the promised land and inherit all that God had for them. And in Numbers 14 particularly, it says this, My servant Caleb, this is a different story. He has a different spirit. And I believe that what God was looking for and what he found in Caleb is still what God looks for today. He still looks for those who, who carry a different spirit. That God is looking for people who would get out of the stands and would get onto the field. People who wouldn't just cheer from the stands and from the sidelines, but would be followers of God and would be involved. Um, I thought it was really funny how we spoke about that on Sunday, and then on Monday at the training, Herbie gave out the name badges for all the mentors and said, well, here's your team jersey. You're, you're on the field now. You're a part of it, because God wants us all to be on the field, and he wants us to be a part of the team, because we, the team needs you. The team needs every single one of us to be involved. And so this morning, I want to have a look at um, a well-known story that's found in Luke chapter 19, and I've preached messages from this passage quite a bit in the last couple of years, because mainly because I, I feel that we can relate quite well to the character in this and his characteristics too. Just some quick background information to where we're, we're starting off with the story. You see, Jesus has been traveling from city to city, and he's been going all over the place, and word has been spreading about this man called Jesus, and crowds are starting to follow and starting to gather in the places where he, he arrives. It's like, I don't know if any of you on Thursday went down and saw the Queen's Baton Rally, come, uh, the relay come through, through town. Um, I was just driving down Beardy Street just before they closed it. I'm driving down the street and it's lined with people and they're cheering and all these kids and waving flags and that. And I thought it was for me. It wasn't. <laughs> Nobody waved back. I was waving at them. But this is what it was like when Jesus was coming into different towns. The crowds were waiting in, in anticipation and expectation for Jesus to arrive. And they would be bringing their, their, their relatives and friends who were sick and those who were lame and, and those who needed a healing. And so there would be thousands of people that would rally around these moments as Jesus entered into a, into a town. And that's where we pick up the story today in Luke chapter 19. I'm going to read from the message translation. It says this. Then Jesus entered and walked through Jericho. There was a man there, his name was Zacchaeus, the head tax man and quite rich. He was desperate. He, was, he, he wanted desperately to see Jesus. But the crowd was in his way and he was a short man and he couldn't see over the crowd. So he ran on ahead and he climbed up a sycamore tree so that he could see Jesus when he came by. When Jesus got to the tree, he looked up and he said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. Today is my day to be a guest in your home. Don't you just love it how Jesus just invites himself to his house? It's like, I'm coming over, you're making me lunch. Zacchaeus scrambled out of the tree, hardly believing his good luck, delighted to take Jesus home with him. Everyone who saw the incident was indignant and grumped. What business does he have getting cozy with this crook? Zacchaeus just stood there a little stunned. He stammered apologetically. 
Master, I give away half of my income to the poor. And if I'm caught cheating, I pay four times the damages. And Jesus said, today is salvation day in this home. Here he is, Zacchaeus, son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to find and restore the lost. There's a lot in that story, but in the context of this idea of how we're called to be different, I want to give us just four just very quick points today. Again, going back to the 12 spies, these are ideas on how we develop a different spirit, how we allow ourselves to have this different approach that would mean that we can step into and possess all that God has for us. And so the first thought is this, that normal longs to be seen, but different longs to see Him. Normal longs to be seen, but different longs to see Him. See, at the beginning of this passage, it says that Zacchaeus desperately wanted to see Jesus. So desperate that as a grown man, as a man with a reputation to uphold, he chose to climb up a tree like a little child would to to get a view of Jesus. He risked his reputation in front of everyone there who was watching, all because he was desperate to see Jesus. So he gets up the tree and this desperation makes him stand out up on this tree. And then something incredible happens. It says that Jesus noticed him. That Jesus noticed him. I want you to catch that because there were many people there at that time. There were many people in the crowd there, but there was something different about Zacchaeus. There was something about this man that caught the eye of Jesus. You know, we live in a culture that's so me-focused at the moment. That's focused on, on us being seen. Social media, social me, dear, is all about being seen. It's all about being recognized. It's all about being noticed. Did you know that last year more people died taking selfies than attacked by wild animals? True fact. More people died taking selfies than being attacked by animals. Last year at the Tour de France, I don't know if you know that soccer race that goes for a couple of weeks through the beautiful countryside of France, there were over a dozen crashes that happened in the race because fans would see the race coming towards them and they'd turn their back to the riders in order to get a picture of them and the bike ride, but they'd lean too far and the bikes would come past and they'd clip these fans trying to take a photo and cause these massive big accidents. See, these people, they weren't there to see the race. They were there to be seen at the race. And I believe it was very similar to these crowds that were gathering around Jesus. And we've got this culture that is so me-focused, even companionship. We need, the need for companionship so often nowadays has more to do with me and what I get out of it, above what I can bring and what I can give to it. But godly relationships are about what I can do for them, above what they can do for me. And it's, it's different. It's a different approach that God calls us to have. And in this scene in the story, I feel like there would have been a lot of people who weren't necessarily in the crowd to see Jesus, but for rather them to be seen as being with Jesus. We know this because of the crowd's reaction when the teaching of Jesus started to get a little bit challenging. Love your neighbor. I'm out. Turn the other cheek. (laughs) Not interested anymore. You need to die for yourself. Pick up your cross. I'm out of here. A bit of confrontational thinking to their me focus that the crowd had. But Zacchaeus, there's, there's people all around. Why did Jesus notice Zacchaeus? 
Was it simply because he was perched up in a tree and granted that would have been quite a sight to see, a short man stuck up a tree, that would have been something to see. But was it the reason that Jesus stopped and spoke to him? See, it says Zacchaeus wanted desperately to see Jesus. I don't think he climbed the tree to catch Jesus' attention. He was desperate to see Jesus. Many of the people there weren't coming because they desperately wanted to see Jesus. They were there because they wanted to be seen. They wanted to be noticed. They, wanted, they were drawn by the crowd that was there or they wanted Jesus to do something. Let me tell you this, that God is not moved because you have a need. Let me say that again in case you thought I'd said that wrong. No, God is not moved because you have a need. That's not how Jesus works. There's only one currency in heaven and it's called faith. Now God does meet our needs. He does provide. He does heal. He does restore. But he isn't moved because you have a need. He moves because of the faith that we have in him. God is not a genie in a bottle to grant you your three wishes and in some way serve you. Nor is he some fairy godmother who's there to give you everything that you want. No, he is God Almighty. And he's worthy to be praised. It's not for us to strive to win the attention of God. It's for us to see him for who he really and truly is. And it can be the same when we come to church. Are we here to see Jesus? Or are we here to be seen and to get the things that we want? Because let me tell you, if it's the latter, then you're going to be disappointed in church. But if you come desperately longing to see Jesus, to be close to him, in that he will fulfill every void that you have in your heart. On a street lined with people, Jesus walks straight past a whole lot of them, hundreds of them, and stops and notices Zacchaeus. You know, it's possible to be in an environment where Jesus is and miss the moment because we're not there to truly see him from the beginning. See, what this story shows me is that those who come desperate to see Jesus, Jesus never turns them away and he always gets involved in their lives. Is there a desperation inside of us that says, I need to see God? That I'm willing to look foolish with my hands raised and tears rolling down my face. I'm willing to look foolish as a grown man climbing up a tree. But there's a desperation inside of me that I have to see Jesus because I'm not going to allow my limitations to get in the way of me seeing Jesus. And so I'm going to do whatever it takes because there's a desperation that's inside of me that goes beyond just good intentions but leads to action. It's a different spirit. It's a different story. It's, it's a different way of living. The second thought is this, that normal leaves Jesus at church, different takes Jesus home. Jesus stops at the foot of the tree and says, Zacchaeus, buddy, I'm coming over to your place today. Do you know that Jesus longs to come to your home? He longs, he is desperate to come and be a guest at your place. And Zacchaeus could have quite easily said, you know, Jesus, I really appreciate the offer, but I'm happy to wrap this up right here. I'm glad I met you. I'm glad you noticed me. But I just want to wrap this up right here. My place is a bit of a mess, Jesus. There's stuff on the counters that I don't really, don't really want you to see. I'm not keen for you noticing it. And maybe if you give me a little bit more notice, Jesus, and I, I could have known in advance that you were wanting to come, that I could have tidied things up. Can Jesus come home with you? Can he come to the places that you go to? Can he join in the conversations that you have with your workmates? Or does Jesus just get left at church after the service? 
We all want what God has for us, but we don't get it because we keep leaving Jesus right here. Is this the only place that we worship God? Is this the only place that we pray to him right here? Can he go home with you? Because it's a different spirit. Because normal is, God, you can do what you want when I'm here in your house, but out there, that's my life, that's my house, that's my workplace, that's my way of doing things. But if you'd let him come home with you, if you'd let him into your relationships, if you'd let him into your conversations, well, that's a different way of living. But for God to lead you into all that he has for you, you've got to be willing to let him into every area of your life. It's a bit quiet. Are you okay? Good, good. Just a thought I had this morning. You know, sometimes the people that we take notice of and where we say, oh, I wish I had what they had. I wish I had their marriage. I wish I had their faith. I had their, their opportunities. Often it's because they're doing something that you're not doing, and that's simply the difference between the two of you. I wish that God would bless me that way. Well, sometimes it's just that they're doing something different. But it's not something glamorous. You don't, see, you don't get to see Jesus come home with them. You don't get to see Jesus work in certain areas of their life. But that's something that they choose. And if they choose to give it to God, then God honors it. You know, when God is allowed into the house, he blesses it. When he's allowed in the house, he blesses it. Jesus says to Zacchaeus, today salvation has come to this house. How can salvation come to the house if you won't let him go home with you? How can God bless your marriage if you don't take Jesus into it? How can God lead your family if you don't take him into your family? Third, th- third thought is this. Normal needs the acceptance of others. Different just wants the acceptance by him. So Zacchaeus gets out of the tree and says that everyone who saw it were indignant and grumped. And they said, what is Jesus doing getting cozy with this crook? What's Jesus doing hanging out with him? Because we know what Zacchaeus is really like. And Zacchaeus is left with this choice. Do I listen to the people and turn down God or do I accept God and offend the people? And we've got that same decision to make. Are we going to turn down God and choose to be what the people say that we are? Where am I going to offend the people that want us to be normal like them? And Zacchaeus comes to the point where he says, you know what, I've tried, I'm tired of trying to win the acceptance of others. I'm trying to perform another to please everybody else. Sure, it's got me a reputation, it's got me social standings, but it's left me empty. I need to tell you this morning that there's not enough fame, there's not enough money, there's not enough followers that can fill that emptiness that only can be filled with Jesus Christ. But you've got to make the choice. Am I going to look for his acceptance or am I going to be worried about the opinions of others? Because in him we find all that we need. In him we find all that we need. Let me give you this last one before we wrap up this morning. I'm going to ask the musicians to please come. See, normal makes excuses Different makes changes. Normal makes excuses, but different, different makes changes. So Zacchaeus gets down from the tree, and Jesus says, Hey, I'm coming to your place. And people are grumbling, and the crowd's all around. And the Bible says that Zacchaeus is stunned, and he stammers. 
See, when Zacchaeus first heard the call, it said that he couldn't believe his luck. He was all excited. He was delighted at the opportunity. But now after the reaction from the crowd, he's stunned and he's stammering. And he says, Jesus, I, don't, uh, I know I've got a lot of money, but I'm going to give half of what I have to the poor. And if I've cheated anyone, I'm going to give back four times as much in return. And we read that story and it's really easy for us to go, well, yeah, that's really generous. That's really nice of him. But I want you to place yourself in that position. What if you had to say that to Jesus? God, right now I give, I give half of everything that I have. I give it away. See, Zacchaeus had a family. He was accustomed to having plenty. He was used to having excess. And so when he says, I'm going to give half of my income, that's a huge deal. For any of us, that's a huge deal. It means that his family is going to have only half of what they normally have. And more so, he says, if I've cheated anyone, I'm going to give four times back. You know, I understand the way that a chief tax collector operated back in the day. This wasn't a statement of, in the unlikely event that you happen to by some chance find that I've cheated somebody, then I'll give four times back. No, it was a, I know what I've done and I'm making a change kind of a statement. Essentially, he's saying I'm willing to make a choice that could leave me with empty pockets for the rest of my life. Because I realize now that this money never brought me anything of value. That wealth never brought me the satisfaction that I hoped it would. So even though I can use every excuse in the world, I'm choosing to make a change instead of making an excuse. We have a testimony from just the other week, a family here in our church. And 2017 was hell for them. It was a horrible year. There was relationship breakdown. They were struggling financially. There was opposition. There was frustration. There was conflict. There was a lack of opportunities. You name it. They went through it last year. But over the past few months, their marriage by God's grace has been restored. Their relationships are growing healthy. And just at the start of the year, the husband finally was offered full-time, well-paying job. Praise God. He's, he's, he's done amazing things for this family. But here's the thing that blows me away with the story, talking about normal making excuses and different making changes. So two weeks ago, they received their first paycheck from his new job. They had all the excuses available to them. Oh, we've had a tough year. We're behind on things. We haven't spoiled ourselves for a long time. We, we deserve this. But they didn't make an excuse. They chose to make a change. They said, we know that if it wasn't for God, we wouldn't be where we are right now. And so we're choosing to be different and to have a different spirit, to make a change. And we want to put God first. And so God, we're giving you our entire first paycheck. We're giving it all to you. I'm purposely not saying their names because they didn't do this for recognition or attention. But I know this, that God isn't moved by need. He's moved by faith. And that step of faith opens a door along their journey for what more God has for them. Normal makes excuses, but different makes changes. So what's it going to be? Are you going to see what God has for you like the 10 spies and then rationalize why you can't do it and make excuses and be left on the other side of the river? We can't afford to give. We can't make time to care for anyone else. 
I'm too scared to tell anyone about my faith. I don't think that I'm qualified to be a mentor. I'm too busy to serve. That God-given idea could never work. It's too far gone for me to change. There's too many challenges. Heck, Zacchaeus was short and he was stuck behind the crowd, but he was desperate to see Jesus. He didn't make an excuse. He made a change. So what's it going to be for us? Won't you stand this morning? I'm going to ask the team to lead us in a song, and I just want you to take a moment. Think about if there is a change that God's calling you to. No more excuses, no more, no more excuses. I've been praying all week about this very moment. I'm believing that right now God is starting to stir things in your heart and challenge your thinking right now. Some of you right now, there's an argument taking place in your heart between you and God. And you're saying, God, no, I told you already once, I'm not going to do that. But he's stirring your heart once again. But I want to encourage you to do it. Don't make an excuse. Do it and do it God's way. Do it different. Do it today. Maybe today is the day that you've got to make a phone call. Maybe today is the day you've got to make a change. We make a declaration that I'm never going to do those things again. Today that stops. It could be difficult. It could be confronting. It could be uncomfortable. But normal just isn't working anymore. pray for you right now. I just want to bow your heads and close your eyes. I believe that there are people who today you want to be different. You want to make this change. You want to have a different spirit about you. God's been stirring things inside of you and today you want something different. And there's some decisions that you want to make and a resolve that you want to make. Maybe there's relationship decisions. Maybe there's financial decisions. Maybe there's lifestyle choices. But you're daring to be different because you're wanting what God has for you today. Lord God, I pray for those today who want to be different, who want this different spirit. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would give them boldness, that you'd give them courage to be who you've called them to be. God, as we raise our hands to you in prayer, I ask that you would give us this different spirit. Stir it up on the inside of us, Lord God. We don't want to make excuses. We want to make changes. We don't want to leave you here and carry on the rest of our week by ourselves. Lord, we want to take you with us everywhere that we go. We want to follow your leading and your guiding everywhere that we go. Just while every head is bowed and eyes closed, I just want to say perhaps that point about seeking the acceptance of others over the acceptance of God has really spoken to you. I want to tell you today that you are accepted by God. God loves you. All you have to do is receive it. Revelation 3.20, Jesus says this, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person. Just like with Zacchaeus, Jesus wants to be with you. It doesn't matter about your past. It doesn't matter what's happened. He longs to be with you. He loves you. 
Would you accept him today? We thank you, Lord God, for your goodness today. We thank you that you love us, that you accept us, that we can come before you regardless of our past and know that you are a loving Savior with everything for us. In Jesus' name, amen.